In this episode, we will be looking at how our digital age has impacted the way that we've collected statistics and data relevant to the pandemic we are seeing today with COVID-19 and how that's changed from the past. And so this episode again is going to be focused again on the coronavirus and the outbreak around the world. So I hope you guys will enjoy this podcast and some of the information I find extremely fascinating. So without further ado, my name is Kevin and I am the host of this podcast. And this is the only podcast hosted by me. And you are currently listening to A Mention with Kevin. So in the past days, we've been hearing a lot of repetitive statistics going around in the media regarding the COVID-19 outbreak, mainly three statistics in particular, about cases being active, about cases that have been resolved with coronavirus, and deaths that have occurred due to this outbreak. Just today, we heard numbers on ICU beds available in Ontario and expected cases of deaths to come. And these are just some new statistics that we're also hearing about. But in order to see if the measures that the government have put in place are working, we have to wait a couple of weeks in order for that data to be collected from a government or hospital source. If only there was a way we could track where people were staying and if they were staying inside and listening to what the government has put out for them. If only they carried a device with them everywhere that could track this kind of movement and record this data. Well, as you can tell with the sarcasm that is in my voice, there is a way to do this. And they're called smartphones. And Google has decided to snitch on us all. Google has just published charts showing how the coronavirus has brought hard-hit Italy to a standstill led to runs on grocery stores around the world and prompted a stark drop in going out between Mardi Gras and St. Patrick's Day. The analysis of location data from billions of Google users' phones is the largest public data set available to help health authorities assess if people are actually abiding with shelter-in-place legislation and similar orders issued across the world to rein in the virus. The company released reports for 131 countries, which includes Canada, with charts that compare traffic from February 16th to March 29th, to retail and recreational venues, train and bus stations, grocery stores, and workplaces with a five-week period earlier in this year. The data often correlated with the severity of outbreaks and the harshness of orders imposed by governments. Some of the data I'm going to briefly summarize right now. Italy and Spain, two of the hardest hit countries, saw both visits to retail and recreational locations, such as restaurants and movie theaters, plunge to 94%. So the higher the percentage, the better the people are listening to the government's guidelines in staying inside and not venturing out and social distancing. The United Kingdom, France, and the Philippines had declines of more than 80% while India, which went into a sudden 21-day lockdown on March 25th, was also notable at 77%. 
Canada has seen drops that are less steep though, though still significant. Again, the retail and recreational Canada-wide has gone down by 59%, while Quebec, the hardest hit province, with more than 5,500 cases, has seen the greatest reduction at 70%. So they're really abiding by the government's guidelines. In New Brunswick's, the data actually shows an increase to visits to parks, while Nova Scotia has a reduction of only 5%. So in these areas, it's a little discouraging. In the United States, where states' responses are varied greatly, and in Australia, where the good weather initially prompted many people to go to the beach before isolating themselves and social distancing, measures were ratcheted up. The drop in visits to retail and recreational sites were less steep, they were just under 50%. In contrast, in Japan and Sweden, where authorities did not impose harsh restrictions, visits fell by roughly only a quarter. In South Korea, which successfully contained a large outbreak through aggressive testing and contact tracing, the decline was just 19%. The data also underscored some challenges authorities have faced in keeping people apart. Grocery stores visits surged in Singapore and the UK and elsewhere, a travel restrictions were set to go into place. Visits to parks spiked in March in some San Francisco Bay Area counties under lockdown in California forcing them to later put the sites off-limit. The data also underscores how the mood of people was around the world shifted. In New Orleans, during the annual Mardi Gras celebrations, February 16th to 25th, which was in hindsight been criticized for helping the spread of the virus, there were off-the-chart increases in traffic to transit stations, parks, and businesses. But three weeks later in Dublin, the heart of the St. Patrick's holiday celebration, Traffic was down at retail and recreational venues as the country ordered big events to be cancelled. Within countries, there were wide gaps in behavior by region. California, which was the first in the U.S. with a statewide lockdown, cut visits to retail recreation locations in half. In New York State, the slide in such visits was gradually as officials waited to impose strict curbs, but they eventually fell to 62%, so a lot better. By contrast, Arkansas is one of the few states without a sweeping lockdown, has the smallest decline with a mere 29%. The coronavirus has infected more than 1 million people globally now, and COVID-19, the respiratory illness it causes, has killed 53,000 people, according to a tally by John Hopkins. There were no reports for China and Iran with Google, because Google services are blocked there so none of the data could be traced. Data in Google's reports comes from users who enable Google's location history. You probably know about it. It's a feature on their phone. The company said it adopted technical measures to ensure that no individual could be identified in these new reports. China, Singapore, South Korea, and other countries have asked residents to use apps and other technology to track their compliance with quarantines, but privacy activists argue such measures are a compromise and individuals' liberties. Infectious disease specialists have said analyzing travel across groups by age, income, and other demographics could help shape public service announcements. Google, which infers demographics from users' internet use as well as some data given when signing up to Google services, said it won't be reporting demographic information. The company said, though, it was open to including additional information and countries in the follow-up reports. 
Google said consultations with officials in the U.S. and the World Health Organization helped inform the data shared. Facebook, which like Google has billions of users, has shared location data with non-governmental researchers that are producing similar reports for authorities in several countries. But the social media giant hasn't published any findings yet. So we'll just have to wait and see in that front. So I found this so interesting that Google was able to release all these statistics based on their location tracking software that is embedded in most of their devices uh, that utilize Android. So it'll be interesting to see how governments and organizations like the World Health Organization will use this data to help curb the spread of COVID-19. If this will help encourage some regulations from some countries be shared with others, or it, does this call for something else? Does this enforce more policing in areas where we're not seeing a decline in recreational travel? We'll just have to wait and see. But with this, I thought this was also a great opportunity to share what some other countries in the world are trying to do to stop the spread of COVID-19 and not necessarily gaining data to do this, uh, but trying some different techniques in order to prevent any more deaths within their country. And so specifically, I'm gonna talk about Peru and Panama in this case. If you've heard, Peru and Panama have just both started yesterday, limiting the times men and women can leave their homes in an attempt to slow the spread of the coronavirus pandemic. Yes. It's a gender segregation attempt to stop the spread. Amid a strict quarantine in Peru, President Martin Vizcarra said Thursday that men and women will only be allowed to leave their homes on designated days divided by gender. On Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, men will be able to leave their homes to stock up. Women can go out on Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Saturdays. Nobody will be allowed to leave home on the Sunday. We have to get fewer people on the streets every day, Vizcarra said in a virtual news conference with his cabinet of ministers and experts. Vizcarra said it was easier for security forces to monitor the circulation of men and women to enforce the quarantine order rather than using serial numbers of identity documents to divide up days, which some other countries have tried to do. He said the new measure, which will be put into place until April 12th, would not impact people who have an emergency or are authorized to work during the quarantine, such as those in essential food production, pharmacies, and banks. Peru has imposed tough measures to control the spread of the coronavirus, although there has been a significant number of arrests for people breaking the quarantine. The country has recorded 1,414 confirmed cases with 55 deaths. We have 10 days left. Let's make this an additional effort to get this curve and we can have control of the evolution of this disease, Vizcarra said. Panama Security Minister Juan Pino said a day earlier at a virtual press conference that the government would tighten measures further and that women and men would be able to leave the house only during predetermined hours. With an absolute quarantine, men and women will have a schedule to transit, Pino said. The decision is part of an operational strategy that seeks to reduce the spread of COVID-19. Panama has reported 1,317 coronavirus cases and 32 deaths. 
Pino also reiterated warnings that the health system could be overwhelmed if the number of people requiring intensive care rises substantially. So it'll be interesting to see how these segregated strategies will work in curving the spread of this virus. And it'll be incredibly interesting to see if this data that has been provided by Google will promote other countries to kind of look into strategies like this in the future and to see if they'll try to guinea pig their countries into trying anything in order to prevent them catching new cases. And so again, the only thing we can do at this time is look how the world reacts. See what works, see what doesn't. Use whatever tools to our advantage. And hopefully work together to prevent the spread of this virus anymore. I want to thank you guys so much for listening to this podcast. If you guys have enjoyed it, please like and subscribe. If it's on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google Podcasts. If you guys want to see more of my content, you can check me out on YouTube under the name Kevin Hobie or Studio Kevin. I just want to remind you guys to continue to social distance. Remember, practice good hygiene, washing your hands, coughing in your sleeve, and using sanitizer whenever you can. Brush your teeth and floss. And I will see you on the next episode. Good night.